Are you all ready for the word today? Praise God, because I'm, I'm ready to give it to you. Let's go ahead, and I want you to uh, uh, turn in your Bibles. Uh, we're going to get into something today that I believe is going to bless your life, and it may not be a new revelation, but it is something that I believe God is speaking to us now. Uh, you know, so many people, you know, we get excited. We want to learn something new. But what good is something new if you haven't done the last thing that the Lord told you? Amen. I said, what good is something new if we haven't done the things that he's already told us to do? And so it's not so much learning about something new. Sometimes it's allowing the spirit of God to come and remind you of something that you already knew, but maybe are not doing. And I kind of I kind of believe that this is that kind of word today. Uh, I want to I want to stir this in your spirit. So turn to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We're going to read this and then we're going to pray and we're going to just jump right in to what God has this morning. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is a favorite scripture of many people because it reveals the very nature and character of God and how he thinks of you. And if you don't know this, highlight this uh, in your Bible, underline it, and, and, and let's look what it says here. It says, for, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, okay? Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your voice today. I know that your presence is already here. Father, we ask for the anointing right now that your voice would pierce our hearts, would move aside old and bad teaching that has taught us other than what your word says. We ask for the anointing to preach and pull down strongholds that we might have a greater grasp of the things that you have for our life. We pray for a supernatural anointing in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to read that one more time. Jeremiah 29, 11. For it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. This is the Lord talking. And I believe if you're here today, this word is what he's saying to you today. Can I get an amen on that? He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. I think that's an awesome thing that God is thinking good thoughts about me, not evil thoughts. Now you might say, why is this so important? Why is that, why is that so important? Because sometimes when we do bad, we think that God is now looking at us to do bad to us because we've done something wrong. How many remember that? How many have ever gone through that? You think because I ain't gone to church for a while that God is mad at you. You think because you slipped up and you was back in the club last night that now God is mad at you and he's going to get you. How many have ever had those thoughts go through your mind before? Come on, I'll raise my hand. I've been there, done that. That's a result of a lot of bad teaching that we've had in churches. That's a result of a lot of religion that tries to tell you that this thing, this Christian thing is about, you know, just doing the right thing. But you have a scripture now that says this. That God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. He's not trying to get you. You know, I've I've invited people to church and they say, man, you don't want me to go to church. If I go to church, the roof is going to cave in. And they say things like that because why? Because if I go there, God's going to get me. He's going to strike me down. Listen, that is not the case. God's thoughts towards you are of peace and not of evil. The same way a father's thoughts for his own kids are thoughts of peace and not of evil. Amen. Are you are y'all seeing this today? And so you need to understand this, that God, here we go, is on your side, as Pastor Charles would say. God is on your side. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. Listen, he's still for you. And what he wants for you is better than you could ever want for yourself. So here's the thing we've got to learn about that. Why do we have to get that deep on our insides? So that we will learn to listen to his voice. Because as God is telling me something, it's for my benefit. If God is asking something of me, it's because he's trying to bless my life and make it better. And the quicker you learn that God is for you, the easier it begins to be to obey the word. Because, see, the way that most people go, they really don't trust God yet. 
So when they come across something in the scriptures they don't like or they're not sure about, they'll skim over that. And they'll just stick to all the love scriptures, the love. God loves me. He's for me. And those are great. You got to get that in you. But you got to know that God loves you enough that you trust him when he tells you to do something that is uncomfortable. When he tells you to change something that you don't really want to change. Are you tracking with me today? So when God tells you a no in your life, you've got to know he's telling me this because he loves me, not because he's mad at me or because he's trying to take something from me. Are you with me today? So when God gives us instructions, that's where it's coming from. It's coming from a heart of somebody that loves you and is thinking peace for you and not evil. But here's the great other thing about this scripture. He says his thoughts are to give you a future and a hope. And this is where we're going to jump off of today. I want you to to catch these things because the way uh, where we're starting with this is that that God is thinking about you. And the thoughts that he is having are of peace and to give you a a future and a hope. And what does that tell us? If that's how God operates, that's how we should operate. And most people got to understand that the kingdom works through having vision. The kingdom works through having vision. Now, this is where I want to jump into today because uh, uh, so many people are wasting their life dealing with the condition of their life or the present truth in their life that they're not looking far enough to create vision for their life. And the Bible tells us a few things that if you don't have vision in your life, then you're going to cast off restraint. Let me show you some scriptures here that the Bible says that we've got to have a vision for our life. What is a vision? Vision is basically this. You've got to have the right thoughts going through your mind about your life in the future. Are you tracking with me? Somebody needs to write that down. You've got to have right thoughts about the kind of life you want to have in the future because and your thought and and, and this, this as well and your thoughts should line up with the thoughts that God has for you about your life and he tells us here the thoughts that he has for us are of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope look at Proverbs 23 7 it says this as a man thinks in his heart so is he what are we talking about now having right vision about your life thinking the right things about your life. Because if you think the right things in your heart, it can be so. Are you tracking today? You guys are quiet this morning. Look at Proverbs 29. Go ahead and put that on the screen there. Proverbs 29, 18. It says this, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. What is this first part saying? When you don't have a vision for your life, when you don't have right thoughts about your life, you will cast off restraint. What does restraint have to do with? Your restraint has to to do with discipline in your life. Being able to say no to things that aren't good for you. Can I get an amen this morning? Being able to stand for righteousness and do what God's word says. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. So people with no vision are always having problems in sin. People with no vision are always having a hard time walking this Christian life out. They're always slipping back or sliding back or struggling or dealing with this issue and dealing with that issue. But Proverbs gives us a kingdom key here. If you could just get some vision, restraint will come into your life. Are you seeing that today? Let me give you another scripture. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. It says this. Go ahead and put that up there. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. It says, and the Lord answered me. And he says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Okay, and that word run there deals with the pace of your life, the progress of your life. We need to be in a stride that is running, as Paul said, to obtain a prize. But you can't run if you got no vision. We got a lot of people that love Jesus, but have no vision. 
And that's always going to get you in some problems there. Because Jesus himself tells us, you got to get some vision. And then it says this, write the vision. Do you know why Jesus, do you know why the Bible tells us to write the vision? Is so once it's written down, you can't change it. Once it's written down, it's written down. Because I see people change the vision all the time. You know, one day we're sitting down and they're saying, Pastor, I just feel called of God. I feel like God has called me to preach the gospel. And uh, I feel like he's called me to be a leader in the house of God. And, and I say, well, that's great. Let's, 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 let's walk towards that. Let's, let's develop that. And then a month later, they don't understand that because that came out of their mouth, here come the attacks. Here come the hindrances. Here comes what the Bible says is going to try the word of God in your life. And then all of a sudden you go back to him two months later and, and the vision's changed. Oh, well, you know, I'm... Uh, now I got this job. Now I, now I got this girlfriend, and, and, and this is where my, my vision is now. But see, when you write the vision down, it keeps you accountable. It keeps you accountable. But before you can write it down, you got to have one. you got to have a vision. So think about that. What, what is a vision? A vision is basically pictures in your mind caused by, by words that you've heard, and things that you have maybe uh, come across through your hearing. I want you to catch this because, see, every Sunday that you come to church and you hear the word, do you know what God is trying to do? He's trying to give you vision. Every morning when you're reading your Bible and you're doing your devos or at night or whenever you do them, you know what God's trying to do getting you the word of God? He is trying to give you some vision. He's not just having you read pages on a book as some kind of penance for your sins. Well, I got to read this Bible because, man, I've been bad this week, so this is going to make God feel better about me. No, he already feels good about you. We already saw that in Jeremiah. So what is the whole goal of God getting his word inside of you? Listen now, you need to catch this. You need to catch this today. The whole goal of trying to get God to move in your life is God is trying to get pictures in your thoughts about your life. Pictures. So he'll he'll give you promises and he'll tell you that you're the head and not the tail. He'll tell you that you are blessed with all the riches of Jesus Christ. He'll tell you that that you are no longer a slave to sin. And he's telling you all these things while you're broke. While you can barely pay your your bills. Why? He tells you you're healed by his stripes. He tells you that while you're dealing with migraines, your feet hurt, your back hurts, your neck hurts. And you start reading these. Why? Why does he tell us these things? Why is the word filled with promises? And why is it so powerful? It's because if you can get his word, you can start developing pictures in your mind that create vision for a life that you can have. Are you tracking with me today? See, because if you don't have the right pictures in your mind, the life that you have, you can't can't create the kind of life that you want to have. Our thoughts need to line up with the thoughts that God has for our life. So the whole thing about hearing the word and getting the word, it comes down to this. God is trying to replace images that you currently have now that you got from growing up in poverty or growing up without a dad or growing up abused or growing up this thing or that thing. He's trying to erase that image and give you a new picture of what you can have, what you can be, and where you can go. But we've got religious thinkers that just come into the church And they just hear the word to learn something. Now, let me tell you something. Learning is good, but learning is not the goal. Let me say that again. Learning is good, but learning is not the goal. We must experience his word. And the only way you can experience his word is if you see it first. You got to see it first. Vision's important. 
And when you get a vision, write it down and make it plain. When you get a vision, understand, get, rehearse that thing in your spirit. Because as Proverbs 23, 7 said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or as a man thinks in his heart, so it is. See, this is why it's so important that you get God's word. This is why when I got saved, I never came to church without something to write with. I never came, if you, re, if you looked at my Bible, it was marked up, highlighted, circled, underlined, notes in the side. Why? Because I want to get that word on my inside. Because if I could get it on my inside, it can create pictures in my mind. And if I could get the right pictures in my mind, I could obtain the kind of life that I want to have. I ain't got time to just leave the pictures in my mind that are there from what I, when I was growing up. I don't got time to just get pictures in my mind from my favorite rapper or the songs that are on the radio or my favorite TV show. I got to put some thoughts and some pictures in my mind and some vision that is going to propel me into the kind of life that I want to have. See, you need the right pictures. This is why some of you can't stop sinning. Smile at me. Don't get nervous when we talk about sin. Everybody's got some of it. We got to deal with it. Amen? But the way we deal with it is by replacing the pictures in our mind with the right pictures. That's why Romans chapter 6 says things like this. Consider yourself dead to sin. See, you got to run with that, with your imagination. We got to use this incredible mechanism called our brain and the part that is programmed to imagine things. We got to utilize that because that thing creates pictures, movies that are going to cause the life that you want to have to come to pass. So I remember when I got saved, I, 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 I got that revelation of Romans chapter six. I'm dead to sin. I started waking up every day and, and started picturing the old man, the old Sergio Lamone in a casket. Literally start thinking this. I would picture myself when I was struggling or being tempted in sin. I would take time every morning to just picture the old guy. The old guy that was born in Sacramento, California. The old guy that was bound to sin. The old guy that had done things that I was not proud of. That guy was now in a coffin. And I would see myself. This might sound morbid to you, but catch me now. I would see that Sergio Lamone before Christ in a coffin. And I would see all the sin, all the things I did, all the wrong I did people in that coffin there. And before I would start my day, I would see in my mind a vision of that coffin being closed and every sin, everything I ever did, everything that it was, I, I was ever done to me, every hurt, every pain, I would close that coffin. And I would say this with my mouth, with my eyes closed, picturing that thing. I would say, God, the old me is dead. I stand before you a new creature who is innocent who has no sin against me. And I would picture that in my mind. And you know what that helped me do? That helped me stay free from the sins that I was involved in before I got saved. Everything I was doing was in that coffin. Are you tracking with me today? And through a period of time of doing that, of seeing myself dead to sin, because let me tell you something, a dead man has no reaction. A dead man can't be tempted. I don't care how fine you are. You walk by a, a corpse in a coffin, he ain't looking at you, baby. <laughs> he ain't looking. He's dead. And I would visualize that in my life, being dead to sin. I would allow God's word to paint a picture in my mind, creating a vision that I'm dead to sin. Are you tracking with me today? See, it, you got to do this stuff on purpose. I, I sat in a meeting with Peter Daniels. He's, he's one of the richest. Yeah, at one point, he was one of the richest guys in the world. He's a billionaire, born-again believer. And we were in a question and answer time with him. It was a small group at a church we were at. And, and I remember somebody, I don't remember who it was, asked him this question. What is the greatest uh, uh, part? What would you consider the greatest part of your day that, 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 you're able, that causes you to be able to prosper? I'll never forget his answer because, you know, I had my own answer. I thought, oh, he's going to say prayer. 
Oh, he's going to say this. He said, you know, the greatest part of my day is something I do in my routine for a half hour every day. And he said, what I do is I sit in a room silent and I allow the God-given part of my brain, the imagination, to show me pictures of the things that God wants me to have. And every day he said he would do that. And what was he doing? He was creating vision in his mind so that he could build the kind of life that he was to have. And I'm going to tell you something. something, I caught something in that moment that he shared that. And that is this, that you've got to have the right vision in your life to be able to do anything that God is going to give you to do. But the second thing I thought is this, you got to make time to be great. You got to make time to be great. See, some of y'all, you ain't got time to be great, so you'll never be great. You ain't got time to be great, stay mediocre. You ain't got time to make that marriage great, it'll never be great. Are you tracking with me today? It's going to take you doing some things and understanding how God works and how the kingdom works. Before God created you, he had thoughts of you. Before you're going to create anything that you want, You've got to start getting thoughts. What are thoughts? Mental pictures. Before we ever started this church, we saw this. We saw this right now that we're doing. We saw, we talked about it. We had vision about it. We wrote it down that we would be a church that sends teams around the world, that we would see people coming in by the hundreds. We saw all this when there was seven of us in my house on 21st and O. We saw it. And because we saw it, we're now able to uh, get into it and begin to see it. Right now, I don't see just us. I see a church of a thousand people. And it is so real to me. When I close my eyes, it becomes more real than you guys in this room. I see it. I see us sending missionaries around the world, not just for missions trips, but to live for six months at a time, for a year at a time, for two years at a time. I see us planning other locations. I see that with the God-given thing that God has given me called his imagination. But see, here's the problem. You got to get enough word in you that God can show you what he has for your life. Because a lot of us, we're carrying our own imaginations. And some of it's good, some of it's bad. Some of us, we're carrying stuff in our brain that was put in us when we were kids. Y'all, you, you got thoughts of the people that you grew up around. And the people that you grew up around, none of their marriages last. The people that you got, you got thoughts about men because you have never seen a man of God. You think about men that every man is a cheater, he's a dog, he's this. And so you got that rattling around your imagination. And so God sends you a man of God and you chase him away because you treat the man of God like he's a, he's a dog. And you'll run him off. Can I get an amen on that? And why do people do that? Because of what's rolling around in their head. All you see is cheating, lying distrust. No, you got to understand that there's something else out there. You got to get a vision of a relationship working. Can I get an amen on that? You've got to get a vision of a good marriage. You've got to get some pictures up here of happily ever after. Are you tracking with me today? You got to get this stuff on the inside of you and you got to take time every day to cultivate these God thoughts in your life so they can be a reality. And my job every Sunday, and I take it very seriously, is to try to get the word in you to the degree that it becomes so real that you see it, that you see it. Some of you never saw yourself getting on a plane and going to a foreign nation and being on a missions trip. But something that was said from this pulpit or by somebody sitting next to you created a vision and you saw yourself in another country like the Philippines. You saw yourself doing something for somebody. And that picture created a reality. Because it was a picture given to you straight from Matthew 28, which says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. See, you got to get his word. We got to get some better pictures. Because the pictures that you got in your life, they're jacked up. 
They're jacked up some, sometimes. Can I get an amen on that? Is it just my thoughts? See, if I let my thoughts just go on their own, they're jacked up. They're not good thoughts. They're limited. They're limited thoughts. But if I get God's word on the inside of me and I start getting his word, his promises, all the things that he has for me in my mind, they can create, they have creative power to give me vision that allows me to create the life I want to have. So here's what begins to happen. You're sick all the time. You're sick all the time. You're always getting sick. If something's going around, you get it. And you always almost celebrate it sometimes. You know, you can't wait to tell somebody that you're down again. I went to the hospital. I got this. My neck hurts. Back, back, back hurts. And this and that and that and the other. And then you read the Bible where it says, by your stripes, you are healed. But you don't feel healed. Your body, you believe, God, this, this ain't working. And you say, okay, yeah, okay, I'm healed. I'm healed. But see, what has to happen if you're going to overcome any sickness, any disease, you got to get a picture of it. You got to see yourself getting up and throwing out the pain pills. You got to see yourself not having to go to the doctor for that ailment. You got to see it first. You got to see yourself doing things that they said you couldn't do. You got to see yourself playing ball again. You got to see yourself running or jogging or something like that that the doctor said you'll never do because of that thing. See, we just want God to zap us. Amen. Am I the only one? God just zap me, change it all. But God gives us keys. He tells us that what kind of life you want to have is hidden behind a vision that you've got to first see. And so people that are dealing with sickness in their life, this begins to be a stumbling block because they can't see healing because all they've ever known is pain. All they've ever known is this sickness. All they see is what the doctor said. All they see is, is, is their present uh, position and where they are and how they feel. But if you can move beyond your present condition and see where God has you in position, don't make me rhyme on y'all this morning then what will happen is then your life can change. Are you tracking with me today? But you got to get that God-given vision. Amen? I said amen. amen. Some of you got to get this because it's the only way your life's going to change. You're waiting for something from the outside to come in and change your life, and God is waiting for you to grasp his word and see what he's saying. See what he's saying. Once you begin to see what God's word is saying, you can have it. <clears throat> you can begin to manifest it, okay? So, so we see these scriptures as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we've got to begin to deal with first how we see ourselves. How we see ourselves. Now, there's a lot of things that contribute to how we see ourselves, like our upbringing, like things that were done to ourselves. You know, one of the toughest things is to overcome physical, sexual, and mental abuse in your life. Those are some of the toughest things to overcome in your life. And the reason they're so hard to overcome is because if you've been through sexual, mental, or physical abuse in your life, you begin to adopt a type of thinking that is, is twisted and it's wicked that begins to say that I deserved what happened to me. Or what happened to me is my fault. Or what happened to me was brought on by something that I did. And we begin to go into this thing that begins to see ourselves less than everybody else. And you might never say it with your mouth, but it's what you feel on the inside. Some of the people that are, are the loudest and have the most attitude are the ones that are feeling the worst about who they are. You've heard it said, and it was kind of a, a street law, that the loudest dude in the house was usually the weakest. The loudest dude on the block was usually the weakest. Because the dude with the real power, he was cool. He didn't need to yell. He didn't need to make noise because he had power. But the fool that was in there always talking, always trying to, you know, show off and everything, that dude was weak. It's just, I, I find it to be not only in the streets, but it's the same way in the kingdom. People that got attitude are the ones that are hurting. People that want to just spout off their mouth as I'm just keeping it 100. Those are the folks that see themselves in such a low light that they have to put on a fake facade. 
And so what has to begin to happen is God's word's got to get on the inside of you to tell you that even though you were raised poor, even though you didn't have stuff growing up, the Bible says you are blessed. Even though you can't barely pay your bills, the Bible says you have been blessed with all of the riches of heaven in Christ Jesus. You've got to start thinking that, seeing that, believing that in your mind, and then, and then you can begin to manifest that in your life. That is what makes church and hearing the word and reading the word so powerful. You got to get the word in your heart. I want you to remember this. You are what you think about and envision in your heart. Are you a good husband? As soon as I say that, I mean, well, well, you know, so you got to believe it first. Are you a good wife? You got to believe that first. See, if you're looking for your condition all the time to define who you are, you're going to miss out on some stuff. Because sometimes that condition doesn't line up with what God's word says. He calls you healed. You feel sick. What you going to do? I'm going to get a vision in my mind of being whole, of seeing myself and using our imagination. Because you know what scientists have found? That the brain cannot tell the difference between reality and the imagined. Let me say that again. The brain cannot tell the difference between the reality and the imagined. This is why people experience trauma over and over and over again. Because if you keep replaying it, you'll keep reliving it. Because the brain doesn't know the difference. To the brain, it's happening over and over and over and over and over and over again. You might have got molested when you were five. But if you keep imagining that thing, it's happening over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you keep having the same symptoms as if it happened yesterday. This is how people experience trauma with car accidents. Or, or things like that. The, the, the memory of it becomes so real that it replays and it replays. And to the brain, the brain will experience it over and over again. That's part of what post-traumatic stress is about. Not being able to shake those memories. And as long as they keep replaying, as long as those pictures keep coming up, you relive the misery of it. But what would happen? If you could get some God-given heaven pictures in your brain about who he says you are, where you're going in life, what if God can show you the thoughts that he has for you that are of peace and not of evil? From this Sunday forward, you need to start praying, God, show me the thoughts that you have for me that are of a peace and not of an evil. Start showing me, God, what you see about my life. It's going to rock your world. And God will begin to give you pictures. God will begin to show you the kind of family you can have, the kind of finances you can have, the kind of life that you can live. But see, you got to take the time. You got to take the time to begin to work your imagination. Are you tracking with me today? God has given you a brain, an imagination, and it has made you a human projector. You are going to project what you see up here. If you could start seeing yourself prospering, owning a house, starting a business, being successful, going and traveling the world, reaching people for Jesus, you start seeing that, you'll project that. But you got to stop projecting the other garbage. The other garbage is the stuff that goes against God's word. The stuff that tells you, I can't do that. The stuff that tells you, you know, I'm just a kid from South Sac. I, I'm just this, I'm just that. Now you need to get over that and start getting some God pictures in you. Are you, are you with me this morning? So let, 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 me, let me go back over that text, Jeremiah 29, 11. Put that back on the screen because you need to catch the fullness of what he's saying here. God tells you here that his thoughts for you are of peace and not of evil. Now, we know that that word peace comes from the Hebrew word shalom. 
Shalom. And why is that so significant? It's because the Hebrew word shalom, that word peace, it means more than just lack of conflict. You know what it means? It means prosperity. It means well-being. It means contentment. It means health and wholeness. So read the scripture again. Put it back on there, Jeremiah 29, 11. The first scripture that you, that you have on there. All right. Look, it, it says this, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of, remember, peace means thoughts of prosperity, well-being, contentment, health, and wholeness. Those are the thoughts that God sees when he thinks of you. We need to ask the Lord to give us those thoughts. We need to say, God, give me those pictures that you see because I can't see it right now. All I see is the bills coming up. All I see is my bad decisions and how they've messed up my life. But you got to allow God to come in through the word and paint pictures of the life you're going to have in the next five years, in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years. You got to start getting it right up here. And you got to ask God, give me the thoughts about my life, the same ones that you have about me. Prosperity, well-being. See, when you got prosperity thoughts, you don't got a problem tithing. You don't have a problem giving. You don't have a problem sowing. Why? Because I'm prosperous. More is on the way. It's crazy. Some of these rappers got more faith than people in the church. I saw one of the dumbest videos I ever saw. I don't know. I was on YouTube or something. Came across my feed. A dude was flushing money down the toilet. And he had some songs on. And he was like, yeah, yeah, money ain't a thing. I said, man, one, number one, that dude's stupid. But two, isn't it sad that people that don't know God have more faith that money will come back to them than you and I do. Yeah, that's sad. Now, I'm not telling you flush your money down the toilet. I'm telling you <laughs> give it to the things of God because he tells us give and it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But we got people that still don't want to tithe. We got people that still don't want to give an offering. Go on a missions trip. Give towards something like that. Why? Because you don't see the prosperity that God sees for your life yet. But when you do, your world is going to change. Are you with me today? We got to see the right things. Just like Joshua and Caleb in the Bible. I'm coming in for a landing. Stay with me. Joshua and Caleb in the Bible had enough sense that when Moses said, let's go spy out the land, they walked into that land with those other spies. The other spies saw all the challenges. Ah, oh, we can't do it. There's giants here. You know what Joshua and Caleb saw? They saw the thoughts of God for Israel. And they saw the grapes that they said were as big as bowling balls. They saw the produce. They saw the land flowing with milk and honey. They saw all that stuff. And they came back to Moses and they said, we got this. Why were they able to say that? And the other guy said, no, let's not do it. They saw God's thoughts for their life. The Bible goes on to say that they're the only two out of that generation that received the promise. Do you know what the sin of Israel was? They could not see what God was saying. They could not see what God was saying. So you know what had to happen? That whole generation up to everybody that was older than 20 years old died in the wilderness. And the ones that got to see what God was saying uh, were the guys that went in and, got, and, and chose not to focus on the challenges, but focused their imagination on defeating the armies and the giants that were in the land. We've got two types of people in here today. We've got people that are training their imagination to see life the way God sees it. And we've got some of y'all that refuse, even though you come to church every Sunday, even though you love that vision of the house, even though you, even though you love serving people, you can't wrap your brain around seeing your life the way God sees it for you. And because of that, you know what will happen? You, will, won't, you won't receive the promise that God has for you and your family. And you can just, you, that might not mean a lot to you, but you know who suffers when you do that? Your kids. 
your kids' kids. It's a generational thing. And what needs to change today is we've got to make a, I believe the Spirit of God is asking you to make a conscious decision to start using the gift of vision, imagination, to take time every day and create pictures of things that you believe God is going to do for you because his thoughts for you are of peace, which means prosperity, well-being, wholeness. You don't have to be 50, 40, 30 years old still dealing with an issue that was done to you when you were six. Jesus says his thoughts are that you're whole now. Those are the thoughts that he has for you. You don't have to live as a divorcee. Oh, I I did this and I did that. If you've had an abortion, listen, God can forgive that. God can cleanse you of that. You've got to let that go and get a glimpse of his redemption and his forgiveness. And the fact that the person that did that is in the coffin and the person that you are is a new creation. You're not an ex-thug. That thug is in the coffin. Put that fool in the coffin. Put him in the coffin. See that life in the coffin. You don't do that dirt no more. That dude that used to womanize and sleep around and be at the club acting a fool, telling all those lies to those women just to get him in bed, you need to put that fool in the coffin. And every morning you need to wake up and say, that guy's dead. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and everything is new. I don't like to do the things I used to do. Come on. You got to get real with this thing. It's not enough to just come to church. You got to get real with the kind of life you have. Don't let me be more passionate about your life than you are. Don't let me be more excited about people at Elevate Life prospering and doing great things than you are for your family. Don't let me have more vision for your family, man of God. I got more faith for your family than you got. That shouldn't be. Have your own faith for your family. Amen? Are you with me today? Let me keep going this morning. So, so, Moses, I'm, so, so Joshua and Caleb had that ability to see what God was saying. This made them exceptional in the eyes of God. I ask you today, are you exceptional? Are you exceptional in the eyes of God? The exceptional ones in the eyes of God choose to cause their mind. That's why Romans tells us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed because if your mind can get renewed, it could start showing you better movies, better pictures than the ones you're watching. Because you're, 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 you got the old movies playing. Them movies are whack. Anybody ever go back and try to watch a movie that you thought was cool back in the 80s? That ever happened to you? I'd be like, I see something on Netflix. Oh, this movie was the bomb. I put it on. It is the dumbest graphics. It's like little clay things, you know. The, 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 you know it, 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 it doesn't translate anymore. Now they got, you know, incredible stuff out there. Like, go back and try to watch the first Superman that came out where he was flying on wires and stuff. Dude wasn't even buff, right? He wasn't even, like, ripped up or nothing. You know, uh, you go and try and watch those movies out, uh, about instead of what's out now, whole different world. Those old movies are whack, and what's new now begins to be a whole other thing. It's kind of like that in your brain. Quit reliving old stuff. And every time, I'm going to pray over some of y'all today because some of you guys are being terrorized by dreams. Being terrorized by dreams. And dreams, see, nightmares are, should not be a normal thing. Ooh, I'm, just going to, I'm not going to float that one again. Some of you just think, well, not, you know, I just had a nightmare. You're not supposed to have nightmares. Somebody arguing with me in the spirit. Well, Pastor, it's just the normal part of the psychology of the brain. And da, 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 da. listen, when your mind's renewed and you realize that the mind is something used to create, you got to take authority over what you allow it to think on. 
And when the subconscious kicks in, and you're not trying to have nightmares, but they come up, you need to go after that and begin to speak over that area of your mind. No, Father, I, I refuse to give the enemy the ability to cause me to relive those areas. The person that that happened to is dead and gone. He's passed away. I'm a new creature. My mind has been renewed. You know what renewed means? It means made new. So the old stuff doesn't get to come with the new creation. But you know what? You got to be the one that stops it. Or else you're going to keep reliving the brokenheartedness. You don't have to cry every time that song comes on the radio. (laughs) It don't have to make you sad or make you mad. Turn that song off. Turn that right now. And your wife's like, dude, relax. It's, It's a nice song. You can enjoy the song because you've been set free. Are you with me today? I'm being serious as a heart attack today. We need, we're going to open up these altars in a bit. Why don't you come, J-Wave, and just help me now. I want to pray with you. And I want you, if you're dealing with these fears, night terrors, nightmares, whatever it might be, I believe the anointing is here right now that we could take authority over that. Because as long as your mind is going there, it's keeping it real. Because the mind can't tell the difference between what is real and what is imagined. That's why you have to be careful what you meditate on. You have to be careful what you're watching. You do. No, it's not a popular thing to say, but we have to be careful. Because the things we watch, the things we hear create images. And if you keep hearing the wrong thing, the wrong images are made. And guess what? You will begin to run towards the things you see in your brain. It'll begin to happen sooner or later. John 15, 4, 9 says this, Abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We sung that today. Without God, we can't make it on our own. But if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. See, that's not like a magic, like an order, da, da, da. It's a byproduct. When God's word gets in you, it creates a vision. It creates pictures. It creates a movie. You could see yourself moving away from that addiction. You could see it, but you got to see it first. God's got to show you that first. You could see yourself moving away from poverty. You could see yourself quit picking losers to date. You could start seeing yourself owning stuff. You could start seeing yourself managing your money better. You could start seeing all these things, but you got to get his word in you. You got to let it abide in you. And then once it's doing that, once those pictures are becoming real, that's when you can pray and you'll ask the world of, will, you will ask. It says that you will ask what you desire and it will be done in you. It'll be done for you. And listen to this part. For this, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. The will of the father is this, man that you bear fruit, that your life gets better and better, that every year you progress, that you become greater, that you become more prosperous, that your marriage gets better, that your family dynamic gets better, that your life gets better, that you get more and more whole. That is what the God that has thoughts of peace and not of evil wants for you. The thing is, we've got to get his thoughts to become our thoughts. The word of God in you empowers you to see what God has for your life and future. Some of you, you know, it's, you just can't see it. Life is so hectic right now. There's so much drama going on that you can't see the future. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. It's hard to have vision when you're drowning in the present. And that's, those are the times you got to allow God's word to speak. You got to sit in his presence around the word and say, God, 
Speak to me through this Bible. Give me a promise. Show me the kind of marriage I can have one day. You ain't got to just be sitting on the sidelines waiting, fingers crossed. Listen, what kind of marriage? Who who do you want to marry someday? Get a vision. Get a vision. What kind of career you want to have? What kind of business you want to start? You got to see it. God has thoughts about you. Tap into his thoughts. But before we can do that, we got to get rid of some of the stuff that's clogging up our projectors, so to speak. And that has to deal with the past. I want you to stand on your feet for a moment. I believe God is really going to set some of us free from some of those old images images that you keep living. See, you you just have accepted, oh, well, I don't, I don't sleep at night. You've just accepted stuff. Don't accept it. As long as you're being haunted by the trauma of dreams, of old visions, of reliving car accidents and reliving trauma, it stays real. And you say, well, you know, can I ever get rid of it? God's word, he said he wants shalom for you. One of the things in the definition of shalom is wholeness. How can you be whole if you keep reliving pain? A renewed mind is a mind that is made new. If it's a new mind, the trauma of the past can no longer affect it. You can have, you can be free from this stuff. But here's the thing. You got to see it first. I want you to close your eyes for me right now. I feel this tension in the spirit. Like some of you want to believe it, but you're like, I don't know if this could be the case. Listen, you got to make a choice. You're going to believe his word or not. You're going to believe it for your life or not. And here's the other thing. You're, you're, you're nervous about coming to the front. Oh, man, I don't, if I go up there, people are going to know I'm dealing with something. Listen, we're all dealing with something. It just might not be our day. But we got stuff, too. And don't you dare allow anything outside of you to keep you from something that God is wanting to give you at his altar this morning. I believe there's an anointing here today to disconnect you from those old images in your brain. And as you come to the front and as you receive prayer, you're making a conscious decision to say, God, I give you my subconscious. I give you that portion of my brain that is replaying old things that lie to me about who I am, that lie to me about what I am and what I can do. God is going to come in by his spirit and he is going to begin to remove those images in your brain. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I need to ask right now, if you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I got a lot of things that I replay in my mind. Maybe it's bad dreams. Maybe it's images, things that you can't shake things that were said. Maybe it's stuff that you still hear from your mom or your father. Anytime you you step up to do something, you hear negative voices or you see negative pictures. Maybe it was a death that you just can't get over. Listen, allow God to come in and renew that. And we're going to take authority over every wrong spirit that is trying to keep your pain alive. 